You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the No Low Ballers podcast. We've got a great partnership here. The podcast is through Go Wild and Gumbroker.com. Uh, it's a meeting of the minds. Doesn't get any more brilliant, right? 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 <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm anyway. bringing us up a couple notches. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say <laughs> mine. But. Uh, so this is, this is a podcast where we're hoping you're going to learn something. Uh, we're going to talk about a wide variety of things on the show. Firearms you may have heard of. Firearms you may not have heard of. Um, but definitely something we're hoping you're going to learn. Uh, and, and maybe it'll spark an interest for you to go out and pick one of these pieces up uh, up yourself. we got a different theme for the show each week. Um, this week we're talking everything old is new again. Um, and, and there's a lot to that. You know, there's there's been a resurgence. Marlin is back online now that they've been bought by Ruger. So, you know, they've got the lever guns going hard. Of course, when you talk lever guns, you got to talk Henry. Um, and so they have caused a huge resurgence in the lever gun market, but they have stepped into the revolver world now, uh, which is something a little different. Um, and then again, when we're talking revolvers, now we've got optics ready revolvers that are coming out from companies like Taurus. Uh, so it's, this is really a, a blending of all sorts of interesting technology that, you know, everything old is, is new again and, and it just keeps meshing together. So there's been some, some really neat things uh, that have come out. Um, and Alan, you brought uh, something with you here yeah. that kind of talks to that. You know, I was at chat show six or seven years ago now and I'm usually trapped in my client's booth. You know, that's where I stay. People have, you know, I have appointments, people come to me. So I don't get out and see the show until Friday. So my standard question is always, what have you seen that's cool that I need to go find? Mm -hmm. And I remember this year distinctly because starting about Tuesday afternoon, everyone kept telling me, well, have you seen Kimber has a revolver? Which just did not compute. Yeah. What is Kimber, you know, a 1911 company doing making a revolver in the year 20? you know, 19, 2018, whatever the heck yeah. it was. Uh, it just, it was weird. And I was like, no, just trust me, go take a look. <laughs> All right. So I got down there and yeah, I mean the Kimber K6, uh, why 
they prompted to do it. I have no idea, but they made actually a heck of a nice little revolver. Um, you know, six shot, three fifty seven. But you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a competitive shooter guy. I'm a trigger snob, and this thing has got an incredible trigger for for a factory gun. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I've shot some old Smiths that have had you know twenty, thirty thousand trigger pulls to smooth it out. But right out of the box, that thing was crazy. I brought brought this today because for me this is kind of that starting point where everything that was on its way out kind of started its way back in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at this point, you know, if you wanted a revolver, you're probably looking at Smith and Wesson, Ruger, and the Taurus Rossi family, and they were pretty minimal offerings at that point. Um, lever guns, Henry was still making them. Winchester was kind of in, kind of out, kind of yep. in, and they were you know crazy priced because they were usually some form of commemorative or or a special edition. And that was really about it. You know, the cartridges that were associated with them were kind of fading out as well, too. But this came on, there was a resurgence. Everyone wanted this three, this 357 revolver. Um, You know, since then, you know, we've mentioned Taurus has, has kind of stepped their game up, brought out a whole new line. Uh, This year at at SHOT Show, we saw their first uh, optics ready pistol, their, their Toro model. And we were talking about it. and, And one of my colleagues said, well, why would you put a red dot on a revolver? And I was like, hit what you're aiming at you know the same reason you put anything else exactly so it was you know we were talking about this last night it was a little surprising to think that nobody had done it before right um my friend caleb works over there and was you know talking about the uh there just wasn't one on the market yet and they were the first to do it and you know that didn't sound plausible how in 2023 we don't have an optics ready revolver and and now we do so um you know we're seeing that market coming back to play their executive grade revolvers henry Brought out a revolver at NRA show, which nobody saw coming. No, um, definitely a, a retro throwback on that with the bird's head grip. It's kind of a a little unusual looking. Kind of yeah. looks a little bit like a, a Colt Lightning and a Ruger Blackhawk had a love child, but yep. uh, it's an interesting little piece. And you know, as we've talked in other shows, uh, lever guns just just won't go away. Every no. time every time we think that the lever gun platform starts to fade, um, they come back in a strong way. You know, we we saw them dying out in the '90s, and then. A little movie called Wind River kind of got it started, and then Chris Pratt shows up shooting dinosaurs with a Marlin 1895, and suddenly everybody wants that gun, yep. including me. I, I was one of those, thought that was the coolest-looking lever gun I'd ever seen and wanted one, so um, they came back in a strong way. Um, you know, Marlin with their Dark Series kind of tacticalized the lever gun, which the purist in me cringed at, but... Yep. Uh, well, I have a Mossberg 464 with uh, with uh, AR-style collapsible stock. So. Okay. Um, into that tactical you know, gun like sort of world. On principle, I it gave it a pause, but we were at range day at shot, and we had a uh, a Henry forty four with a, a pick rail and the, the the big loop and a threaded barrel and a cannon and a red dot on that, and that was stupid fun. Yeah. Uh, at that point, I no longer questioned the tactical level. Yeah, mine has an A two flash hider and fiber optic uh, sights, and nice. I love this fun. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the newest John Wick movie. But one of the main characters, the tracker guy, had a takedown lever gun. And I'm like, what is that gun? It was a movie prop. It's not a real oh. gun. I'm like, how does the magazine work on that? Like, Coming soon from have, Terran Tactical. I know. He'd have it. Well, and that was their <laughs> thing. It was a lot of their guns are like, you can look them up and it's a Terran Tactical or, right. or something else. And, I, you know, the encyclopedia guns or whatever that that website is that shows you what all the movie guns were they're like all the guns are real guns except for this one gun oh, which was wow. and he'd take it out of his backpack and put the two pieces together um but yeah so oldest new why is that why is stuff that 10 20 years ago everyone kind of thumbed their noses at were are now becoming very popular I mean, Logan, you probably got as much of an opinion as I do here. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons for it. I mean, there's certainly a little bit of the romance to it that, um, you know, we were, we were talking about the the meme we saw on Facebook of, 
you know, how you feel before you shoot a lever gun and you're just kind of a normal person, but then afterwards you, you turn into Rip from Yellowstone, you know. It's just something about a lever gun that makes you feel like a, a frontiersman, you know. It's, it's, you're turning to Jeremiah Johnson overnight, so yeah. um, there's something about that. Uh, something, some, some of it's the simplicity. You know, a revolver is pretty debug technology. You know, if it doesn't work, pull the trigger again see what yeah. happens. Um, I know some folks get into them because it is a little more challenging to shoot a double action revolver as opposed to a striker fired Glock. You know, there's a personality to it. You know, we've got walnut, we've got brushed steel. It's not a kind of cold, soulless polymer. Dude, Tr- it is pretty. Trust me, I've got a safe full of cold, soulless polymer guns. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I I think a lot of it is every generation thinks they're the first to think of something. Right. You know, it's the same reason that bell bottoms have come back into fashion and stuff. And, you know, and you mentioned the meme, you know, now you pick up a lever gun and and you're ripped from Yellowstone. Take it back 20 years. And and then that meme is you pick up a gun and you're John Wayne, Mm -hmm. you know, from Rio Lobo. And so it it, things change. You know, you get the new people with Roosevelt before that Roosevelt before that, you know, and or you had mentioned Chris Pratt, you know, Jurassic Park stuff. And so it, it. Everyone is looking for a new way. They think, oh, I've never thought of that before. But like, yeah, someone thought of that before. But we're glad you're interested, you know. And uh, I think, you know, when, when the Marlin Dark series came out and the Henry X models, you know, everyone was kind of shying away from it. But people realize, like, there's merit to this. It, there's, there's, there's a method to the madness, right? It may still be mad, but there's a method at least, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of why is it everyone likes to think that they've come up with something new. But as we said for the theme of this, everything old is new again. You know, there's there's always a precedent. And, and I, I didn't want to forget it. Well, you were mentioning from the John Wick movie with the takedown lever gun. You know, you're saying that one was fantasy. But there are takedown lever guns. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they do exist, you know. Um, I know Taylor's and Company makes – if they call it their Alaskan model mm-hmm. or the, is it the Alaskan? the Alaskan? Yep. So know, how does the magazine work? Very carefully. No. <laughs> uh, it, you know, and it, well, but, but they weren't the first to do it. There were takedown Winchesters back in the day. Um, and, and But how would the tubular magazine work on a lever gun if you had took it down? Or is it not like a barrel receiver sort of takedown? Is it like a whole action versus buttstock takedown? No, it, it comes apart right at the barrel and, and the mag tube. Mm-hmm. And, and they do some interesting magic. Uh, I... I I, I won't claim to know exactly how they go together because mm. it's been a number of years since yeah. I've taken one apart and I don't remember. But but it is interesting that even though you know that that gun was a total fantasy, like it makes me wonder like why didn't they use you know because so many of movie prop guns. Not that we want to get into a movie prop episode. Maybe that's a future episode. Mm. Um, but you know so much of the movie prop stuff is based off of real guns. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's surprising to me that. That they didn't actually, you know, that they weren't like, oh, well, this is based off the Taylor's Alaskan model, you well, know. I like, think that gun, so. it was like a Mad Pig's custom lever uh, gun. Oh, okay. So it looked like that, and they're like, well, we don't want to try to engineer it into a takedown, so they used a little movie magic. But speaking of the Mad Pig's custom in this gun, do you think that, and this kind of ties back into the Red Dot conversation of why would you put a Red Dot on a revolver, not that long ago, Red Dots were finicky and not reliable and didn't have the battery life and no one big big couldn't handle the recoil and as that technology's improved and people are more and more confident in putting it on a truck gun or everyday carry gun i think that's kind of opened it up Mm -hmm. is lever gun technology revolver technology kind of in the same way where you know in the 90s it was 
lever gun is old technology and polymer gun is is new and now people are realizing oh with modern manufacturing we can make really high quality really great triggers really reliable yeah. sort of gun does that factor into it i mean i think we see that across the entire industry you yeah know, even like the 1911 you know the old day in the, the old days the 80s you went into the gun shop you bought the 1911 you opened the box and you looked at it and you handed it right back to the guy to send off to your gunsmith so he could send it off and make it work mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and then kimber basically said we're going to do that from the factory work some of these production things into the play and the whole 1911 market changed so i think there's something to that i think there's also just the way we're wired as humans we love dichotomies we love oddities so we love a you know rifle design from the 1870s in the lever gun with 2020 technologies on it it's just yeah. it seems weird but you look out in the parking lot and look at the dodge challenger it's the 70s throwback you look at the way they retroed the mustang and the camaro there's just something about those classic looks and designs, but with all the modern amenities that yeah. Yeah, just we seem to love as a species. Well, and I think there's an element of it, too, that you probably know pretty intimately, is these companies are in the business of making money. And mm-hmm. so if there is a niche within the market that is not being mm-hmm. filled, an optics-ready revolver, yep. then they can do that. And from a, a home personal protection standpoint, if somebody comes to me with questions of what should I do, uh, a 38 revolver is kind of one of my go-tos. Like, hey, have you ever shot a revolver? Because it's fairly simple, close combat of sorts, you know, personal protection type stuff. But then if they're unsure, if they're not putting in the amount of training to make them completely, mm-hmm. you know, sufficient in shooting that gun, that red dot solves that problem for them and makes it a little bit easier. And so that's a niche in the market that is prime for somebody to capitalize well and the ammo market has allowed revolvers to have a resurgence too you know jacob you and i we went to federal last year to do stuff on their 100th anniversary and um and i've got revolver ammo uh that that they made that is specifically designed to be shot out of snub nose revolvers it's really weird looking it looks like the ammo got punched in the face because the whole bullet is recessed into the case but that's designed to take up more of the the space in the cartridge so you get better ignition more reliable and it's designed to be shot out of that inch and three-eighths barrel on my smith and wesson 638 you know that so you know 20 years ago you're like well you're not really you know you're not getting the the potential out of that cartridge with a barrel that short and they're like well ammo manufacturers like how do we fix that you know and with modern technology they can fix that and now you can shoot a very reliable self-defense 38 special out of an inch and three-eighths barrel you know which helps lead to that resurgence in in the wheel gun market you know that no one would have thought possible 20 years ago kind of the same thing with the lever guns Mm -hmm. and that that um, polymer tipped leather revolution, yeah, yep. absolutely, um, yep. kind of opens up the the range and the utility of that gun and removes yep. some of those limitations of that round. Yeah, I think it's really easy to overlook the role ammunition has in in keeping some of these things relevant or coming back. I mean, lever evolution certainly made the lever gun viable ballistically again after you know decades, but. Um, I mean, even I'm thinking about the 10 millimeter, not exactly an sure. old historic round, but 10 millimeter had been on, you know, death's door forever. The popular, mm-hmm. the popular article was always, you know, the 10 millimeter, why? And we even used to joke when, when I was working, um, uh, doing public relations, helping Sig Sauer, we would joke because every time we would post a new, um, handgun launch on Facebook, the running joke was how many posts was it going to take for someone said, well, yeah, but you're going to make it in 10 millimeter. Mm-hmm. 
So when they actually launched a 10, I didn't believe them. It was kind of this funny go around of them trying to convince me they were really making a 10. Is it April 1st? What's the date? (laughs) But now now 10 is out and everywhere because the ammo became a little bit more accessible, became a little bit, you know, more, more effective is kind of an odd term when you're talking about the 10, but um, it just became a little easier. What I'm curious right now, what we saw it shot this year, the, again, I wouldn't call it old, but certainly on the fade was the 5.7. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 5.7 really never caught on. It was, you know, very niche round, and you, you thought it was kind of out the door. And now it seems like everybody's making a 5.7. Yeah, so. Ruger, Smith & Wesson, uh, Palmetto State Armory's got their dagger pistol yep. in it. Who I'm sure I'm probably even uh, missing. Keltec has a Kel-Tec. version of it. Yep. So yeah. the price points have come down from what I've seen the ammo has. I mean, that was the question I straight up asked a friend of mine at Smith & Wesson. I'm like, this is a very cool gun. Uh, where are you going to get ammo for it? And they're like, oh, we, we, we know people coming online with it. So mm-hmm. um, so the, the availability, the quality, the utility of ammunition has a lot to do with some of these platforms, you know, coming back in vogue. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, and we were talking about optics and, and you know, well, who, why would you put a red dot on a revolver? You need to take it back into the 80s and you guys have, you know, you got guys putting optics, the big honking optics. They're cutting huge slide cuts to put them mm-hmm. on 1911s. You know, and, and then people are like, well, what are you doing? You know, but now there are companies, uh, you know, like I, I can think, you know, like Ed Brown, you know, they make mm-hmm. a, a slide, a factory gun that has a red dot. Man, it's a, you know, high end. I mean, Ed Brown makes good stuff. It's a high end 1911 that is factory milled and comes from factory with a red dot on it. Like people don't think of like, you know, of spending thousands of dollars on a high end 1911 that comes with a red dot mounted on it. But that's a thing. I mean, obviously, Ed Brown's not doing it because one guy wanted right. it. You know, that's mm-hmm. not financially responsible. There's obviously a market for that, you know. Uh, and so it's not just people wanting, you know, like the Taurus revolvers. It's people who want a really nice high-end gun that's also going to come right from the factory with a red dot. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a market that I would have never thought we would see, yeah. you know. But here we are. Do you guys think that, you know, some of the legal – um, challenges certain states and areas as far as magazine restrictions, as far as, far as features on guns, those sorts of things are also having an influence on, okay, maybe I just want a six-shot revolver, or maybe I want a lever action, or a single shot, or something like that for home defense, that sort of thing. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, our industry... It, well, as much as it's stuck in its ways, uh, it, we are nothing if not innovative in trying to find ways to skirt around things too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, without mentioning certain legal things that are going on right now. But, um, you know, and that and I think that's a lot of what we see in mm-hmm. the markets. Um, you know, like there's, uh, what was, I can't remember. It was a new company that just came out. It's a, it's a lever action AR yep. style 410 shotgun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like those are words that should not go together. <laughs> yeah. But know? also I want to buy that. Thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. You Where know, do marketing done, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, and that's to fit a niche of someone saying, well, you can't do this. And they said, the hell I can't, you know, yep. and they come up with something unusual and, and we find ourselves blending old with the new and getting all sorts of weird and wonky you know i mean obviously the states that require straight wall hunting cartridges have kept the lever gun alive for for years you know the i mean the 470 government goes back to 18 in the 1870s yeah and it's still a extremely popular loaded in tons of different offerings you know you can get everything from blasting ammo to really high-end hunting ammo because those states exist because again companies don't make things because they think it's cool Mm -hmm. they make them because they think it's cool and they'll sell them so that's been an influence. Um, you know, I, there was always the, 
you know, tough guy talk of when magazine restrictions came to certain states. Like, well, if I can only carry X number of rounds, I'm going to carry X number of rounds of 44 Magnum. You know, I, right. I, don't, I don't know how much that actually comes into play necessarily, but, you know, it, it, it has it probably has to have some at least psychological impact. Yeah, absolutely. You know, these guys are, oh, I carry a 45 because they don't make a 46. You know, I carry a 10 yeah. millimeter because it's one millimeter more, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mine goes to 11. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more black. Have you ever seen anything more black? You know, sorry, if you guys have not seen Spinal Tap, you need to go watch Spinal Tap. So there, there may be more dumb movie references. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know. So we've been kind of talking about these trends of old styles of guns being modernized. What do you guys think about? newer types of guns being retroed wood furniture being added you know less rails mm-hmm. uh uh iron sights those sorts of things sure i think it's cool as hell um and and i know there's a, a number of folks that that i follow on instagram and stuff and one of their favorite hashtags is carry handle gang you know and it's mm-hmm. all about going back to you know the a2 style uh, and A1 style ARs oh, yeah, and stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. with the fixed butt yep. stocks and with carry handles and just, I, I mean, that, and that has made a tremendous resurgence, you know, and, and you think back, you know, just a decade or more, you know, people were like, really? Why? Like collapsible stock, Magpul stuff. Like, why would you want a fixed A2 butt stock, you know, like, but that's made a resurgence. People are using guns in new ways. Um, and there's some really awesome stuff going on. Um, you know, 20-inch barrels and, and carry handles and fixed buttstocks. I, I think it's really cool that, that the old stuff's making a resurgence. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I don't think there's anything more beautiful on an AR than a nice set of wood furniture. I think the guys who started doing that really come onto something that looks great. But, you know, I think there's also something to be said. With polymer guns, yeah, you can get out your soldering iron and do some stippling. Or, you know, I've rattle canned my fair share of P320 frames. But, you know, with the revolver, with the 1911, you know, with a, you know, a a lever gun, you've now got areas you can start doing some personalization that really look good. You know, uh, last night when we were getting together before dinner, we were talking at length about some curly walnut. You know, that's not something yeah. you talk about with a Glock. Mm-hmm. But a really nice set of stocks or grips on a 1911 or a revolver, you know, that's something you talk about. Um, you know, I've, I love my I love my 1911s, um, but what I love more are some of the stocks we put on there, um, some of the really beautiful woodwork that's done, so even some of the G10 stuff, which yeah. I wouldn't call retro, mm-hmm. but it gives you a chance to personalize it to make something a little bit more your own. You know, we were talking about heirloom handguns you pass down, and certainly the yeah, beautiful wood is a is a good portion of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, you guys being the gun nerds at the table, <laughs> what is the old that you want to see come back? What's the resurgence you're waiting and on? Let me tag on to that. What's the old you want to see come back? And then what do you think is going to be the next hot, you know, old thing that comes back? So you, what do you want to see? But what do you think the reality next, next thing is going to be? For me personally, I'm just going to say I always liked the idea of coach gun, and I've never really had a reason to have a, a coach gun. And I've seen... I feel like I saw one, maybe Savage or someone had like a kind of tactical coach gun, mm-hmm. but something like that. If if someone came out with a really yeah, cool coach Stoker. gun, I might. Oh yeah, maybe yep. it was Stoker. Yep. Yeah, Stoker yeah. had one with a uh, at least a lower rail, uh, stainless barrels, uh, polymer stock. Yeah, so that would be Night that Watch would be or something. I forget what they called it. But what about you guys? I want a tactical blunderbuss. A blunderbuss. <laughs> blunderbuss. I'm a big fan of yeah. the blunderbuss too. By accident, <laughs> I, I want a tactical <laughs> blunderbuss with a spring-loaded folding bayonet uh, and some rail that I can put. You know, so, you, you um, want like federal branded grape shot? Yes. 
Even if it has to come out of their custom shop, I'll talk to Paul up oh, there. Oh, yeah, and Paul he'll, hook you up. And he'll be like, all right, what's the barrel length going to be? What kind of choke are you putting on it? And I'll be like, no choke, Paul. We just want to spread all of the buckshot. <laughs> and then just, yeah, that would just be ridiculous. But no, uh, I mean, because they make kit blunderbusses up. But like, I think that would be really funny if someone were to come in and try to design a tactical blunderbuss. Um, because, you know, the, the whole black powder world is making a resurgence, mm-hmm. you know, with. Uh, uh, CVA's Paramount and stuff like that is that doesn't get any more modern black powder than that CVA Paramount. Um, so I, I think it would be really cool to see uh, just how far you can push the black powder world with things. But what do you think is realistically going to be the next thing that gets hot? I exist far too much in the past <laughs> to have any idea to know what is coming up. I yeah. will leave that to Alan. Uh, you know, I, I will say what I would love to see, just as with lever guns, with the modern manufacturing and the metals, they've been able to take the cartridges and make them more viable by, you know, upping the pressure. So you'll see the boxes labeled not for use in, you know, this era of gun. I want to see them do that to the Schofield top brake revolver. Ooh. I want a modern take in the Schofield because I don't care who you are, breaking that up and kicking the shells out make you feel really cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so there's all sorts of cool stuff, old stuff, new stuff that we can find on gunbroker.com. What is some of the really cool things uh, that have closed in the past week what, sure. that someone has taken home? Uh, I'm a child of the 80s. All right. So for me, growing up as a gun nerd in the 80s, it was all Miami Vice all the time. Mm-hmm. So when I saw an original Bren 10 hit the, uh, hit the sale list a couple days ago on, the, on our top sellers piece, oh, yeah, I took that one down. Um, you can still get into one. One magazine, though. That's, that's always the restriction yeah. on a Bren 10. 9800 bucks gets you into an original. Oh, well, I, I keep they keep saying they're going to relaunch them, and I have yet to see it happen. But one of these days, man, I've, I hope so. I've you know been fortunate through friends and events we've held, been up to Colonel Cooper's sconce at Gunsight and seen yep. number one. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like one of my, one of my own at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything else? Any any what's uh, anything NFA really cool that's closed in in the past week? Uh I'm trying to think. You know, we had a stemple go off the other day. Ooh. Yeah, that's not one I see pop up too often. No. SNW seventy six. So yeah, you probably know a little bit more about those than I do. But yeah. twelve thousand seemed like a good a good de- good deal for NFA. Anything less than eighteen or twenty seems like a good deal for an Which NFA. Which is interesting because just two years ago, uh, and I had to pass because we were in the process of getting ready to sell our house and move. But I had the chance to pick up a stemple for only six. Wow. Which would have been really cool. Um, but but the the stemple machine gun is really interesting. It's based on the Smith and Wesson seven. Um, which was also not uh, a very well-known and popular machine gun either. So, but they're just they're weird looking. Uh, I think they're weird looking, um, and they're they're kind of neat, um, and they're still actually relatively affordable. Yeah. That was not a bad price for yeah. that one uh, to close at. Yeah, so. the seventy-six, of course, that's their claim to fame as Charlton Heston's gun in the Omega Man. Yes. Yep. yep. Very cool stuff. So, well, I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed going down this interesting road that we've weaved back and forth into the past into the present we've gone back to the future i love back to the future anyone else love back to the oh future? yeah it's great <laughs> great so anyway uh so <laughs> so appreciate you guys uh joining us today and talking old is new it'll be really interesting to see what's coming next year whether it's at shot show or nra annual meeting i have a feeling there'll be some form of terran version of a takedown uh lever gun now i'm, I'm just just going on a limb there they should go. do mm. it. I like it. Mad Pigs times Terran Tactical times Takedown. 
lever gun. There awesome. goes Dan's money. There goes, there goes Dan's money. money. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for joining us here in the studio. Thank you to everyone uh, who's tuned into the podcast. Uh, make sure you're logging the time in the Go Wild app that you've spent here on the podcast with us. Make sure you go to gunbroker.com and, and find the stuff that we've been talking about on there. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in, and we will see you on the next episode of the No Low Ballers podcast. Thank you.